Let's spread a song so you can sing along with my special guest star two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me, I can't believe uh, my mind is ex- exploding, is a very special guest. She's a actress, singer, writer based out of Florida and everywhere in the world. And she originated the role of Petra on Broadway in the what we're talking about today. It's DJ Min Bartlett, everyone. Woo! <laughs> Oh my God, thank you, Dee, so much. I'm like fangirling a little bit because <laughs> I I really do love uh, The Miller's Son and, you know, listening. Well, he wrote some song. He, that, listening to that song and then listening to you do it, it's just like an experience, if you will. Thank you. Um, I, you sent me this one review that I just need to highlight for a second because it was just right saying that you play the maid for the most most of the way and then without warning opens up with the biggest voice in the show for a number which Sondheim was saving for a voice like hers and that was Bill Collins from the Philadelphia Inquirer and, I'm a Bill Collins. and like I see no fault in that ah <laughs> oh, thank you we're talking about A Little Night Music, the movie version. Yes. Came out in 1977. It's pretty fast because that was only like four years after you opened it on Broadway. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, the screenplay was by Hugh Wheeler. Yes. Who wrote, um, the, who wrote the book for Night Music, the play, too. Oh, I didn't know it was also. The, yeah, the, Hugh, Hugh adapted it from the Ingmar Bergman film, Smiles of a Summer Night. Okay. And yeah, so he adapted the stage version and the movie version. Oh, yeah, that's so cool. And then music and lyrics by the one and only Stephen Sondheim, directed by Harold Prince, who I'm assuming also did the stage version. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And then IMDb, you know what? I'm not even going to read it because it's basically the whole movie. <laughs> the breakdown, the little summary that they give you is more like the whole movie where, like, Frederick is in love with, uh, is married to Anne, but in love with Desiree, blah, 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 blah. Go go watch the movie. It's pretty fascinating. Yes. So, yes. Uh, you originated the role of Petra, like I said earlier. Yes. Have you seen the movie before, though? Like, Yes. I, I had seen the movie. What was interesting is that the song, The Miller's Son, was cut. Yes. Why? Okay. Um, I wasn't asked to do the movie. Mm. I'm being, yes, very honest. I was not asked. And neither was Glynis Johns, who originated Desiree and was so delightful in the film, in the play. I mean, she's, I don't know if you know, she's the Mary Poppins actress. She's little, tiny, blonde, little thing. All right. Well, I guess they needed what they considered Elizabeth Taylor, a movie star, you know, though Glynis had done done many, many movies and is a superlative actress. Uh, so they took Elizabeth Taylor and my role, they were actually going to 
cut the maid's role, but then they couldn't cut the role because it it was too intricate, too part of the script. So they didn't do that. So it came time to cast it. And when they originally cast it, they cast it with Paul Gemignani's wife. Paul Gemignani was the musical director of night music after our original director, Hal Hastings, passed away. So, yeah, Paul Gemignani's wife was itching to do that role forever. So they did it. They shot it with her, and they shot the song, and they cut that song. Oh, no. And I I don't know whose decision that was. It sounds to me like it could have been Harold Prince's decision. Harold had a very uh, strong arm with all his productions, as it should be. The director has it really should be. The director has to see everything. And he saw or heard or both something that he didn't want in the film. So It it wasn't you. (laughs) It wasn't you belting your face off. Maybe, maybe in his sweet mind, that's what Hal was thinking. But, you know, who knows? I I never knew that because I never brought it up with him as I wouldn't. I got to see him years later. That's another really interesting story, how we met up about 10 years ago and stayed very close friends up until the day he died. Oh, that was, yeah. It, it was, he, he's a beautiful man. Um, I'm sorry I digressed. Don't worry. Was, that's, that's the whole point of podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> but what was, what was interesting is that the New York Times, this is what I was getting at, blasted them for cutting the song, calling well, yeah. it the best, the best song in the entire show, which I'm not so sure of, you know, I mean, I, I, Clowns is a pretty beautiful, heavy-duty song, but that's what they said. I'm quoting them, the New York Times, and that was it. And then the movie never really went anywhere. But the movie also cut other songs, which I'm not going to lie to you, I've never seen the stage version, so this is my introduction to A Little Night Music. Oh, okay, okay. Which, I, I, I mean, I know you probably have your own thoughts and feelings about it, but I feel like... For me, it was a good like introduction, and I'm now yes. curious to see. Yeah, it I, would be a good introduction for somebody that never saw the stage play. Absolutely. Yeah, because they they cut what like eight songs from the from the show, uh, Miller's Son obviously being the biggest one. But like they cut down. Um, I think the leader singers remember them. No, you wouldn't. You didn't see the stage show. No, I didn't. We, we had these phenomenal voices coming out in the beginning of the show, four people, and they sang operatic leader and explained the show. They were like uh, the chorus. I did you know? read about, like, there was a Greek chorus of sorts. A Greek that chorus, that type of thing. And uh, so I think they cut a lot of that. They also cut Ezra's mother's songs. Like, she had a few other songs. She did that one liaisons. Yeah, they she cut they cut <laughs> that one. They cut like a bunch of re uh, um at the end there's apparently like five reprises that hap- happen yes. at once. They cut yes. that. They cut that. Film yes. is very expensive. And so perhaps you know trying to keep it at cost and especially when you have somebody like Elizabeth Taylor that's going to you know had they gone with Glenny Johns, she would have been what? A third, a quarter? Of Elizabeth Taylor's salary, and so adorable. I mean, just just adorable. She's still, you know, Glennie was youngish. I mean, she wasn't a kid, but she was. Uh, my God, she was like fifty-ish. Looked great and tiny, tiny and petite. 
no, I want Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> I'm not going to get nasty, but I'm just <laughs> no, I'm not. I had enormous boobs, as we all know. And she had this, in one of the scenes, she had this very low-cut, in fact, in Clowns, she had this very low-cut gown on, if you remember, very low-cut. Mm-hmm. And she went, um, isn't it rich? Are we a pair? And she looked down. <laughs> and I swear to you, there wasn't anyone, not only in the movie theater, but in the press that didn't catch it. How could you not catch it? Put your head up. Look up. Don't look at those things. (laughs) Well, so I read that she actually sang You Must Meet My Wife and Send in the Clowns. But like uh, at the beginning, the new lyrics that was written for the movie for the Night Waltz, that wasn't her singing. Oh, probably not. No, no. But like, wasn't really her singing those other songs. I think she sang Clown. I think. You know, I because I wasn't privy to any of that information. All that information came to me secondhand uh, from the press. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wasn't. Uh, yeah. I know, like Len and Hermione and uh, Lawrence, they originated their roles too with you, right? Yes, Len Cariou originated the role, and so did Hermione Gingle. Originated Mrs. Armfelt. And Lawrence Gutierrez played Carl Magnus. Lawrence Guitard. Yes, Lawrence Guitard. Guitard, yes. Hey, look at that. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, uh, I, yes. That was, yes. So they have those people, obviously, but they didn't ask, like, you or anyone Me. else. Yeah. That's a little upsetting. <laughs> well, it was very upsetting to me at the time. You know, it was actually pretty devastating, to be honest with you. But you have to get over this. I mean, I had two little babies I was raising. So, you know, what's more important, sitting and moping about this or taking care of your kids? Was, you know, there was no choice. That I took care of my children and got over it. I did get over it. You know? So in a, in a way, you were living Desiree's story, kind of. Yes, kind of. The actress mom. The actress mom, yeah. Yeah. That is, wow. How was that uh, being on Broadway and then being a mom as Very well? hard. It really was hard. It was. I think it's Captain Hepburn. That said, you can't, you can't do both. You can't do one or the other, but you can't do both. You know? and, and she was actually absolutely right. I mean, some people pull it off, Meryl Streep, okay? She, she pulled it off. She had, a, lot, a lot of women do. But, but trying to do eight shows a week on a Broadway schedule is not conducive to raising right. children. You know, that's yeah. not, not so good. But I got through it. Uh, I mean, I, I did get a flu, and I couldn't go on, and I called up, and I said, I can't go on. It's like, I think the first show I would have missed. They said, you have to go on. Beth Fowler, who was my understudy, she's sicker than you are. <sighs> she had like 104 temperature, and I, I was coughing and stuff. So you have to face, you know, it was in the Majestic Theater at that time. We moved from the Schubert to the Majestic, and it was like 500 seats or 15 or whatever it was. You're going on stage sick. Nightmare. Nightmare. No, not even a way to describe it, how terrified you are. And we didn't do uh, body mics at that time. So they, they, we had uh, mice, what they call them, mice on stage. Yeah, those are like little... Little stage mics, right? Yeah, they're little mics like this I'm trying to show. And they 
come out of like a little thing like this, and then that's your mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they said, make sure that you're right at that mic tonight. You know, we'll follow you with the light, but make sure you're right there. Because I was talking like this. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was crap. <laughs> I, I could have auditioned for, for Glynny's role. Because Glynny always talks like this. <laughs> and I would make fun of her. No, I, I would just lovingly copy her. And she said uh, to me, Oh, I don't sound like that. I said, Yes, you do. <laughs> but we love you for it. <laughs> you did the whole run. I did the whole run. I guess they thought that I was going to leave because they kept coming in and asking me, are you staying? Are you staying? Are you st-? I said, yeah. I mean, where am I going? I had two babies. I had an apartment in New York I had to pay for. Where am I going? You know? And so they said, okay, we just want to make sure, you know, because we have people lined up, you know, <laughs> is that kind of, that old fashioned kind of producing thing, scare the shit out of the actor, you know, and then they'll say that kind of thing. And uh, no, I, I stayed. I stayed for the run. And then I did a wonderful tour with Gene Simmons. I didn't do the whole national tour, but I did a tour out in Westbury, Long Island at the um, Goober and Gross um, Music Fair. You're uh-huh. in a tent. You're in a big tent. And this is a story that Playbill's Andrew Gans loves telling. It's absolutely true. I had never done night music in the round. I'd only been on the proscenium stage. Right. And... So here we are in the round, and we had a little rehearsal, not as much as actually we might might have had, to try to get all of the entrances and exits down, how you get in and out of the theater in the round. So come to the Miller's Sun, and it starts, and there's a woman in, I guess, the third row or whatever, and she goes, oh, she's reading the playbill. That's the girl that fitted in New York. <laughs> And so I, I got through the first part of the song, and then it came to, it's a wink and a wiggle and a giggle on the breath, right? It came to that. And I blew it. I, I blew the lyric because of that. It was still on my mind. She goes, now, now she sings it in Swedish. Because I went, but a bit of a bit of a God's honest truth. I came to the Miller's Son via an album that came out a year and a half ago, I want to say. It's called. Losing My Mind, A Sondheim Disco Fever Dream. Have you ever heard of this? Never heard of it I don't know who created it, but shout out to whoever did it. They took, like, songs from all of Sondheim's um, Show. shows. Sometimes they mashed some of them together, like Giants in the Sky and Somewhere. They put, they somehow mixed that together. Okay. But on the album... The Miller's Son is on there by itself, sung by, I hope I'm pronouncing this woman's name right, Ali Venho, where they start it slow, obviously, and then they do a disco beat for when it gets faster. And I listened to, I, I, I did my own little Venn diagram, you know, listening to your, like the original version, your version, and then listening to what, how they did it on this album. I feel like they made it faster on this album. Oh, they sure probably so, did. So they went very pattery with it. Yeah. Um, if you get a chance, you should listen. You should listen to the album. It's. it's yeah, I will. <laughs> I will. It's still a scary song. I've been asked to sing it uh, at many uh, things in York, uh, dedications and stuff like that, and I still write the lyrics 
just catch words <laughs> on my hands. I still do. I mean, I'm like, no, because <laughs> it's very scary. You get off and you're off. That's it. He he loves his words, Sondheim. Yeah, you know, they were really catchy words. and, and But there is a way to remember it, because I finally figured that out. Oh, I was, was going to start to tell you the story where I had to do it 15 years after Night Beast. Okay. Uh, there was a big dedication to Harold Prince, maybe even more than maybe 20 years. Big, and I'm already in Florida, because as I told you, I, I came down to the with Mark, and we run a, ran a huge music business for 18 years, both here in Florida and Las Vegas. So it was not a small thing that we were doing. Yeah, it was not. Wow. I sang with Whitney Houston. Tony Bennett sang with him. I mean, it was, we had, we met all the stars. If I ever wanted to meet real stars, I met them, you know, and we would travel all around the country to do this. So it was a very, very wonderful job for both of us. And I hadn't sung The Miller's Son. Nobody ever wanted to hear The Poor Miller's Son. They all wanted to hear Clowns. That's why I said Clowns is quite a wonderful, miraculous song. Everybody wants Clowns. So we get a message from the director, Mark Rooney. Wonderful hairspray. He's going to be doing another big, big, big uh, Broadway show coming up. Escapes me which way, but I just read about it at playbill.com. I just read. Anyway, Mark gets this uh, email. My name is Mark Rooney. I'm the director. I am directing, a, uh, it's a benefit in a way, but it's really a celebration of Harold Prince for the Eugene O'Neill Theater uh, that he started. Prince started. There'd be no Eugene O'Neill Theater without Harold Prince, who felt that the classics needed a showcase, and that was the theater that he built and helped make others. Huge, successful. So he said, I'm doing this, and what we're doing is we're asking people from the shows if they would come and celebrate with us and do their song. He said, and hmm, the first one that kind of popped into my mind was uh, to Jamie, Jamie and her son. Unbeknownst to me, Mark is talking to him, and doing the plane ticket <laughs> at the same time. Talking to Bruni and saying, absolutely, she would love to do this. <laughs> making sure I said, what are you doing? I haven't sung that song in me. I don't know anything. Well, it was terrifying. It was totally terrifying. I showed up. There were 200 people of the uh, biggest names in the Broadway theater there to honor characters. And it was like a, it was a dinner, which, of course, I didn't touch. And they have tables all around, and the front table, as you come out on the little stage, the front table in front of me was Harold Prince, Angela Lansbury, Stephen Sondheim, Catherine Zeta-Jones, so that's how many years ago it was, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Kirk Douglas, and Lauren Bacall. No big deal. No. no big right? Deal. And of course, I'm the last number. So I have to sit through all these beautiful gorgeous young things flying around doing phantom and you know and everything and I'm dying here and feeling like an old hag and I said what am I going to do how am I going to do but we get out there and uh we had briefly met right before we had to sing Hal and I and it was so beautiful because he turned around and it was Pat Birch who introduced us and she taps him on the shoulder and she said remember her and he turns around and he goes hello sweet oh <laughs> 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 and 
all I could think of was stupid actress kills greatest director in the world. I thought he was going to have a heart attack. You know, that's, that was my front page of the New York Post. That's what I saw. Right. Oh, immediately. No. Immediately. And he said, come here. Arms open wide. And, you know, he said, where have you been? Why did you disappear? You know, what are you doing? I said, well, no time to tell you now. I'll tell you later. So after I sang the song, I remembered his direction. I went into that show in four days. Really? Yeah. No rehearsal. Four days. Wow. I did one show in Boston for them. I was flown. I was doing Godspell in New York. I went from Washington, D.C. to Boston. I did the matinee. And I did, they were pinning the costume on the matinee and the evening performance. We came back to New York by bus. They didn't fly it those days. Monday was the day off. I was, I went in to rehearse and Tuesday was opening night on Broadway. What? Yeah. 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 So as the terrified creature that I was in that time, I was just as terrified years later. How, and then I remember when he said, he said, just look at the spotlight. He said, just look at the light. Don't look at us. Don't look at the audience. Look at the light. And I did it that night too. I blew it and he led the standing ovation. He wow. Yeah, I was, was going to ask if you like worked with uh, Stephen to like get the lyrics down or something, but obviously you didn't. No, have no time. No time. Absolutely none. It was Prince who put me into the show because the actors were angry that a girl had to be fired. I love the way Hal tells the story. You know how I came into the show. I said, and how they all loved her. You know? And he said, oh, yes, Dee, I know how they all loved her. He said, and any one of them would have stepped over her dead body <laughs> to get that role. He said, any one of them, including <laughs> the men. He said, so, you know, because actors can be very fickle. We, we know that. You know, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> you know, but very few people are loyal like a Harold Prince. And he, he made the show. He made it the hit. His vision, his ideas. And he rehearsed with me all day Monday before the end. So in the show, though, if I remember correctly from like what I read online, it's supposed to... Uh, Miller's Son happens after Sending the Clowns, right? Yes. So it closed his show. What what I heard, now I've heard this, is right. that he didn't want it closing, how? Didn't want the show closing on a down note, which Clowns isn't. It's beautiful, but it's soft. It's soft. a ballad. It's ballad, yeah. Okay. And he wanted some sort of wonderful song to end, to be the last song in the show. And so um, <laughs> Sondheim, true to form, not listening, wrote a song called Silly People, which was even darker. It was sung by the butler, which was even darker than Send in the Clowns. And sung beautifully by George Lee Andrews, who's got a voice to die for. But, <laughs> you know, it was even more. <laughs> right. And Prince went, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> So then he came up with the Miller's son and gave it to a uh, young lady who's a terrific actor, a terrific little dancer. But it's a bitch of a song. Right. I had had lessons for 15 years before I ever set foot 
you know, I, I was knee high to a duck and I was having singing lessons. And if your ear is not attuned to that, you know, it's, it's impossible to try to get it out. So all the bravado that you might have in the world and all the, the personality and all of that little stuff is not going to cut it if you can't hit the notes. Right, because you, I mean, you start off slow, so you have that, like, melodic moment to, like, build up your confidence, and then it just goes. Yeah, wacko, yeah. And once it goes, like like you said when you did it in Westbury, if you, if you flub, all of a sudden you're singing Swedish. <laughs> That's what I was doing, you know. But then she, when she's, oh, now she sings it in Swedish. <laughs> the cast was hysterical. Gene Simmons, they said to try to get her back out on stage to, to finish the show. She was choking to death, you know, <laughs> laughing so hard, laughing so hard. I'm telling you. <laughs> so then what did you think of Love Takes Time in the movie? I think it, I think it was penned quickly for right. the movie. Right. And that, that was... You said that took over like the Greek chorus of the Yes, it would have it would take over uh it would have taken over what they called the leader singers and uh which was wonderful. They were wonderful. I mean the voices were just you know, as a matter of fact, as you're standing backstage and you're going, How the hell am I gonna go on after this? you know? That they just rose into the heavens, all of them. They were they were opera singers and it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I think they should have kept it, you know. But what so, do I know? In the original production, was it kind of like the movie where there was a show within a show kind of a feel? No. The original, you know, Desiree was an actress. Right. So she had that one wonderful scene where she does a play, and that's how she reconnects with Frederick. She reconnects with him. He's in the audience. Right. And then they have that wonderful scene that Hugh Wheeler wrote of backstage. You know, and it's just so true to form what an actress does. You're hungry. She's in a sandwich. She has a beer. She has a, a, a robe on. You know, you want out of the damn corsets immediately. All of that kind of stuff. So it's just so wonderful. And uh, that's where she reconnects with him. But other than that, you know, the play is is in chronological order, how it goes on. So I don't quite remember um, if they kept the play within the play. Is that what they tried to do? So my memory is foggy. So in the beginning of the movie, they made it seem like the events that we're watching of A Little Night Music is a play that then turns into, with right. magic, turns into the store. Like, you see, like, greenery and rolling hills and other buildings and things like that. Okay. Because uh, in the overture of the movie, the cast is all on, on a stage in white costumes. And you see, like, uh, crew guys moving set pieces around. Oh, see, I, I wasn't, I apologize. I was not able to watch it again. Um, so that, that escapes me a little bit. But then was later that- on, there is a scene that you were talking about where Desiree is on stage and she sees Frederick with Anne. Right. It's so funny and so stupid because she's supposed to be juggling oranges at some point in a monologue that she gives. And they cut her off so that you see her from the chest up, and clearly somebody else is juggling underneath. <laughs> Elizabeth Taylor probably could not juggle. No, 
Not too many people can. So it was, but it was just so funny because you're watching it, and she's, you know, she's delivering a monologue as the actress in the show, and it's kind of like very serious and uh, going along with the action of juggling, and then (laughs) not sure what that's about. Somebody had a little brain fog there. I don't know. Like I said, I really did enjoy this movie. Like, I understand, obviously, probably why some of the other songs were cut, minus the Miller's son. We, we won't talk about that one anymore. But, <laughs> no, but like, for time purposes or because of like the story the movie wanted to tell rather yeah. than what the rather than the play. Yeah. But in the movie, though, it was very interesting. So, Petra ends up with Frid. Is that his name? Yes, the butler. Yes. The butler. Frid. You don't really see him in the movie. His part is so much. The movie ends with them again on this stage, pretend like the show is over. And all the couples are now partnered up. And all of a sudden, Petra's with the strange man you've never seen. What? Yeah, I mean, you see him once during the dinner scene, but. It's uh it's wild. If you get a chance, I'm gonna now. I'm now. I'm very peaked to watch it, and I'm sorry. Yeah, obviously, yeah. this is very last minute. And again, thank you so much for doing this. Oh, it's it really is my pleasure. Do you have any other stories you want to share from the from oh, the let show? Let me see. Let me, well, I told you the Andrew Gann story that he loves. Uh, the one now she acted different and sweet. I told you that. <laughs> and um, of course, the the Mark Rooney story, which was just amazing to do it again. Oh, and then I had to do it again for another to honor. Yeah, I had to sing the Miller Sun again at the True Theater, Theater Resources Unlimited, TRU. And they are a wonderful theater company that celebrates new writers. And they were very kind to me. So I felt, of course, I'm going to do this for them. So, so I get up there and I think again, I'm okay. I can, I can do this again. Lyrics. Right. <laughs> right. And then and stare at the spotlight. Lyrics. Yeah. Stare at the spotlight and just happen to look at your hand. Make it look like it's a gesture. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> a wink and a wiggle and a go. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> so, so, uh, and I had to do it for, um, James Morgan, who runs the uh, York Theater. So it was, a, it was a beautiful, a beautiful thing. But again, you, I'm scared out of my, and then I had to speak. I had to do, I had to do a pitch for true how you're supposed to join their thing. And that scared me almost more than singing the Miller Sun. You know, I'm going to say the right thing. Too much, too little. How do you make it funny? You know, oh my God, it was, it was a nightmare time. So afterwards, Bob Ost, who runs true and is a good friend, a wonderful friend of mine, he said, would you like a drink? I said, yeah, I'd like the bottle right now. <laughs> <laughs> can manage a nice bottle with a straw? Perfect. <laughs> uh, and I know you had to sing it on Carson. There's a video on YouTube of you singing it on Johnny Carson. Carson. No, I, 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 was, um, was so that here to I the show? Or was yes, that- of course. Johnny was used to be in New York. He used to show was out of the NBC building in New York. Mm-hmm. And um, so... They come to me and they say, uh, Johnny Carson, he had sent representatives to the show and they picked you to be on the Tonight Show. Uh, do you want to do it? <laughs> I said, yeah, you know, a lot. 
till yes. I realized, of course, yeah, you know, <laughs> what it what it entails here on television in front of what a million people, whatever you are. All right, so uh, it gets down. I bought a special dress, a little peasant dress looking thing, and um, uh, did all kinds of stuff. And again, we had one rehearsal with uh, Doc Severson uh, before before the actual photographing of uh, filming of it. But up until the time that I was to sing it, not only my agent, Johnny's agents and managers and people from NBC said, all right, so all you're going to do now is sing the song, okay? And when you're done, do a little bow or whatever and leave. I said, oh, no problem. I'll run out of there, you know. <laughs> so they said, all right, just so we're, it's not, it's not anything against you. It's time. It's always, I said, no, I understand that. There's no problem. Okay, very good. So I sing the Miller's son. I shall marry the Miller's son. Boom. Now, start to go. And here's Johnny. (gasps) Oh, no. And I went. (laughs) Come over here. (laughs) You know? So there I go. And I'm sitting now next to Johnny Carson and Ed McMahon. And my eyes, I look like a deer caught in the headlights. And he goes, that was wonderful. How did you remember all of that? <laughs> well, that's all I he laughed. You know how, you know, he loved it. <laughs> he thought it was sensational. And he said, and he said, and then what do you do? I said, well, you know, you go like this. <laughs> in a moment. Well, he talked to me for about 10 minutes. Now you don't, you won't see that on the tonight show. Miller's something, but I have. Yeah. And it, it was wonderful. It was so funny. He was always the best. He was the best of all of them, you know. And uh, uh, he, he just, it was just a great moment in the theater. Wait, and did I, you write it on your no. hand for the performances too? What, baby? Did you write the lyrics on your hand for the performances Sometimes, too? yeah. Sometimes. It, it, of course, you couldn't fit it at all. What I wrote were just the catchphrases. Uh, yeah, I had to sort of team up petticoats, rip, rip in a bustle. Just, in other words, like, so it was just catch phrases of the three, I think there's three big, uh, verses, uh-huh. uh, to the song. Pretty sure I'm trying to remember. And that's what I wrote. I wrote those catch phrases. And just, <laughs> okay. With the you get all you need your glasses now we need masks and hoods and everything i'm surprised you didn't get them tattooed on your hands I... <laughs> one of these days. but then i said every time i look at it i'd have to remember stephen Sondheim. <laughs> and that i didn't really want to do so you know the ink worked fine <laughs> that's perfect <laughs> All right, Dee, let's get into a section I like to call sharp and flat, shall we? Okay. Sharp. Flat. So in this section, uh, we're going to highlight moments from the movie that we barely talked about, but whatever. Right. <laughs> and if oh, I'm we... sorry. No, let's talk about the movie. Oh, no, it's, it's fine. I, I Seriously, I just love listening to you yeah. talk about the show and your experiences from it because it's a great show it really is a great show yeah because the i i mean do you feel like the movie was a good representation of the show 
I don't, actually. You don't? don't. Okay. No, I don't. I don't think it was a good representation of the show. I think, you know, Prince on stage, there's no one like him. That's true. He really is an icon, you know. They have the Stephen Sondheim Theater. They should have the Harold Prince Theater. Because he's the one that made all the rest of them because of his visions. He has visions. I mean, I've spoken to uh, Kander and Ebb about this. John Kander, I did shows for them. And, you know, Kander said, and Fred, Fred Ebb, oh, God, he's so funny. Fred Ebb said, you know, there's nobody like Prince. He said, Bob Fawcett was too bossy. <laughs> <laughs> And, and uh, you know, so it, it, it's Harold Prince. So here's my thing. Perhaps the the medium of film didn't quite capture what he was able to capture on stage. And maybe he listened to people, which I, you know, sometimes I wish he wouldn't. Just go with your great directing eyes and ears and everything. I mean, he, he is the, he was the greatest theater director we've ever had. Yeah. And will yes. ever have. You know? And, uh, so I, I, that might have been the problem. It might have been, you know, who knows, Hollywood executives saying to him, you need to do this. We don't understand your play. Blah, 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 blah. You, you never know. And I gotta say that, that, that opinion works in this section because it's what I would call flat. Where obviously there were issues with the movie. Um, I also wrote down, you know, that the fact that they cut the Miller song, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, personally, I did like Hermione Gingold. Like yes. the scenes that she was in, she just chewed the scenery up. Yes, and she was she was so funny that I busted out laughing a few times. Yeah. Where, her um like her dialogue and then she's very funny she was uh, very funny and also, and also ooh, i forgot her name uh diana rigg Dame diana, diana rigg is oh. wonderful i she's, love her she was hilarious yeah. in this diana movie. rigg is a very what well, she was a wonderful actress you know and maybe that's why they made it more of an acting thing than the musical thing if that's why they cut songs is what I'm trying to get at. If she, I mean, she sang, um, if she Every day did, a little day. Did she yes. sing that? Yeah. If, if that was actually her singing it, perfect. Like, yeah. Oh, well, she would have an infinitely better voice than dear Patricia Elliott, who's also deceased, but, um, who couldn't sing. But Patricia Elliott said, I can't sing. She was in the original play, but she won a Tony. Because she's a was a fine fine actress, but she really you know the notes were talking, but that's okay. Because I've heard singers now sing that song in other productions of Night Music, and it's a sensation. So, oh well, and you're singing against the glorious Victoria Mallory, who was in the play, who was forget about voice wise, look wise. Acting, dancing, you know, she was amazing. I know you didn't rewatch the movie, but if you can remember any of the songs, the version that they did, how they did it, is there any of them that you really like, would like to listen to 
uh, on like a playlist that you make like for your daily daily life or or, or do you just want to skip it all and listen to the original Broadway cast recording? <laughs> no, I would love to hear Diana Rigg again. I, I think that she really is sensational. Uh, you know, I've always loved her. I always thought she was a great actress. And I did. I did remember. I remember turning to my now ex-husband at the time. My husband, I said, that's how it should sound. You know, we were in the movie theater. We saw it in the movies. Ooh. Ooh. And now you can watch it on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I can. <laughs> and now I probably will. You have sparked my, you know, my interest uh, in it, you know. But um, you know, I had forgotten. Now it's coming back to me that, yes, they were lined up on the stage. I think that was to show that like, it had been a play. Is that what you, what do you think? I just had once been a play. Because movie yeah. actors do that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's just a a trope that they do for a lot of musical or uh, movies based off of the, uh, theater shows uh-huh. where they have actors, the actors playing the parts on stage that then they morph into their characters. Yeah. So, I don't know. I feel like this movie could be remade, personally. Throw in, throw back in everything. And then just make it a movie. You know, it doesn't have to be a show within a show within a show within a show. No, you don't have to do any of that stuff. You don't have to do any of that. No, I I really believe now that that's what they were showing, that it came from a play. Yeah. I'm not sure we have a show that. Have you ever seen Smiles of a Summer Night? I have not. The Emma movie. Okay. That's a great movie. Yeah, but I've Almost did just for like research purposes for the for today. Right. I, I was just like, mm, better not. I have to focus my time elsewhere. <laughs> okay, I understand. But Smiles of a Summer Night is glorious. Ingmar Bergman directed it, and all those wonderful Swedish actors are in it. And on right. opening night of night music, I walked in uh, to Sardi's, and the first table, you know. You know, you know how important you are if your table is not in a closet, you know. Right, yes. <laughs> like finalized. <laughs> you know, so the first table at Sardi's was um, Max von Sydow and uh, Ingrid Tulane, which are two phenomenal uh, Ingmar Bergman actors that have done most of his films. I'm a, I, I love Ingmar Bergman. I love films like that. So I was really excited about night music because I knew Smiles of the Summer Night. And I walked in and it was Max von Sydow who recognized me. And he stood up and he said, hello, Petra. You are perfect. You know, and I mean, it was just, I just, (laughs) I couldn't breathe. I would have cried right then and there. Just be like, thank you. (laughs) Mascara running all over the place. Forget it. On my husband too. Yeah, now So uh, I have one last question. I didn't write this down on, I never write this down on my outlines and I'm so sorry. Yeah, um, it's okay. If you were given the opportunity to pick a role to be in the, a revival of this show, who would you pick, pick? Well, I've done Desiree. You've done Desiree? Yes, many times actually. In smaller theater productions, you know, um, um, Portsmouth, New Hampshire by the Sea. I did a, a wonderful production. And um, it is fun. I mean, 
I hope I'm not ready for on pills yet. But, you know, <laughs> well, I'm not so sure I would want to do it. Well, maybe, maybe. Well, for this question, it's open to any role. Like, you could pick Frederick for all I... Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, if yeah. you had a, you had a choice to... An interesting question. You had a choice to pick any character. Uh, I think you... it would still be Desiree. I think I... I I I know I know her soul. I, that sounds mm-hmm. really weird. But I do. Being an actress, having had love affairs, you know And a mother at the same time. And a mother. And so having all of that stuff in me, I know her. I know her in her bones, you know. And uh it was easy to play and I love sending clowns. It's gorgeous, gorgeous. I have been asked to sing that well, more than any other theater song other than Memory from Cats. <laughs> in nightclubs. You know, we get theater people in from nightclubs, of course. They and don't so, want to hear Miller's son? They want to hear Send in the Clowns? <laughs> it's always Send in the Clowns. They don't want to hear any other song I'm singing. You know, I'm, I'm being honest. And it's always Send in the Clowns. Do you know that song, Send in the Clowns? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know memory. Yes, <laughs> everyone knows memory. Yeah. Everybody knows memory. You know, and, and but you have to sing it right. I've heard people butcher memory. You know, and I heard a jazz guy try to do send in the clowns. Sondheim would have like literally plunked him over the head. You know, with a with a, a mat, telling him because it was you know. Well, have you heard of? I haven't. I, I I looked it up. Like I saw that there was a bunch of other people who covered it. I haven't heard like Frank Sinatra's version of it. Have you? Yes, I had, and it's wonderful. And not only had I heard it, um, I saw him perform it live at Radio City Music Hall, and it was amazing. And I was fourth row center because I knew someone. Duh, you know, so he got me the <laughs> and got me the seats. And um, I mean, he also did New York, New York there in New York, which ripped the house completely apart, of course. And but he did send in the clowns and he said this is a beautiful song from a Broadway show that uh he said he got to see it. But I can't imagine if Sinatra had seen that show that, you know, we wouldn't have been asked to come back and see him. I mean every other star that saw the show, we were asked to, you know, wait before you took your makeup off and, and say hello and come backstage and you know, you greet them, you thank them for coming to the show. And that's kind of a Broadway tradition. And uh, so I don't believe he saw the show, but he said he saw the show. Oh, so now I want to hear him sing Miller's Son. <laughs> <laughs> you want to hear him sing Miller's Son? Could you Son? imagine him singing that? <laughs> no. <laughs> He'd be like this, too. What are the lyrics? <laughs> where are the lyrics? Where, where, where the hell are the lyrics? Dee, <laughs> uh, we've come to the end of the episode. Oh. Is is there anything you want to plug or promote? I mean, you were talking about earlier your show that you were writing. Yes. So the show that is written. Written. Sorry. It's called, that's okay. It's called Confessions of a Retired Witch. And hopefully we will be able to have our uh, reading, our New York equity reading this fall when the theaters really reopen um, in, in New York theater. If it's still up and running. If not, then I will pick another equity theater and just do the show and do the reading there. So maybe when it comes time for that, we could give it a little plug. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's what uh, this 
And I'll send you the album. You'll have the album by then. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll buy it. I'll give you money. <laughs> oh, don't go to Hongo. Are you kidding, honey? I'm so broke at this point. Forget about it. That's a drop in the bucket. Five ninety five, please. <laughs> Do you have any like uh, other like social media or any other things you want to like? Well, I'm on LinkedIn. That's the only social media I'm on. I was hacked on Facebook, so I'm not. But if you want to put this on Facebook or you know promote, I don't know how you promote this. Is it on uh, Facebook? I, I use Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Okay. So that's okay for you to do that. But I got clobbered and I just thought to myself, I, I have no time for this. You know, I, I can't go blocking and blocking. I said, so LinkedIn doesn't do that. I, I haven't, thank God, been <laughs> hacked on LinkedIn yet. So I am on LinkedIn. If you want to do it, are you on LinkedIn? Is that a, that's a good. I should join LinkedIn. <laughs> yes, you I have, should. I have enjoyed it yet. Join LinkedIn. And if you want to put any of this on, or no, they would love this. And and it's you know it's the business site, and mm-hmm. that's what I like about it. I, I like it because the people on it are really smart, and I don't get the things like from school chums, you know. So my grandson did a poopy oh, in his right. diaper. I said, oh yeah, that's so nice. I really <laughs> need that. I'm having my coffee, you know. <laughs> so I don't get any of that. There's none of that on <laughs> LinkedIn. Uh, well, if uh, you, the audience who are listening, want to get in contact with me, um, fortunately, I'm not on LinkedIn yet. No. no. Thanks, Steve, for the <laughs> for the. You, you really they they love you, and and it's very good for you, and it's excellent now to push the theater. Mm-hmm. You know, now that we are trying to reopen, Ken Davenport, who is um uh, a producer on Broadway, was and is. Uh, he's pushing stuff now on LinkedIn. He was silent for like a whole year. And um, HD, high definition, doesn't have the whole name. Uh, she's pushing things doing with the theater on LinkedIn. So, you know, they're, they're more than open. And all you do is the same as any site. You, you put your profile on, what right. you do, and you, you know, that's it. You're on. Oh, okay. I'll do, I'll do that. But for, for right now, Yes. Right now, I have an email address, buttasongpod at gmail.com, and I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at buttasongpod. And if you want to, uh, you, D, and if you, uh, the audience, want to participate, like, get ready for the next episode, we'll be talking about the movie The Prom. And it's with our friend and friend of the pod, Warren, is coming back to be a guest. Wonderful. That's wonderful. I'm so glad. D, again, thank you so much for doing this. Bye for now, everyone. (laughs) Bye. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.